0: Hey everyone, just a small warning ahead of time, on this episode, we will be discussing abortion, the reasons for medically necessary abortion, sexual assault, and grooming. So if you're not in the headspace to listen right now, or you have kids in the car, you might wanna skip this episode. Hosted
1: on dimlywit.com.
0: You know, I'm not going to lie. I'm rough. I'm, I usually put a little makeup on for these things, and I literally couldn't even put makeup on. I'm really struggling with the news of uh, the Supreme Court overturning Roe v. Wade. I know we're hearing about it all the time. I know people are talking about it. I know it's a hard thing to talk about, but I think it's really important that we continue the conversation and we can't let this burn out. No. Um, I'm struggling too. I'm fully drinking right now.
1: I already had an Aperol spritz, and I will be having a glass of wine after we record. Yeah, fully drinking. So it's June 28th, and it's Tuesday when we're recording this, depending on when you hear it, when you listen to it. And the decision happened on Friday. And Friday was a very, very dark day. I grew up with a mom who is extremely pro-choice and who always gave me a lot of education around the subject and why... It's such a desperate choice for women who have nothing why it can be medically necessary. My mom had a miscarriage before me, and she also had an ectopic pregnancy before me where she was rushed to the hospital, and they said, you have to go into surgery right now. And she was still a model. She was like, "Okay, can I go into surgery tomorrow? Like, you know, as she was 23, you know, Mm -hmm. I have a job today. I have a job. They were like, um. Absolutely not. You could die. You have to go into surgery right now. And how do you treat someone with an ectopic pregnancy? You give them abortion care. So it's a dark day. And I also grew up very um, scared and just with a lot of knowledge of what it was like before 1973 for women. And we've gone back there and it's not in every state. But you know what? What's next is what I'm thinking. What's next? So There's so much to talk about. We're going to break it down a little bit. We're going to have a really special guest on. And look, we're not, I I actually don't see this as a political issue. I see this as a health issue. It's a women's health issue. It is. We are talking about health care. We're talking about life and death. So we're just going to continue to break it down. And, you know, there's so many things I'm thinking about. But the first thing I'm thinking about is we're forcing women to have children in this country where we don't have Formula, we don't have paid family leave, and children are getting shot in school. We're not taking care of the people that are already here. We're and exactly.
0: I I you you recommended this this documentary to me, and I I really encourage and urge anyone listening right now to watch the HBO Max documentary, The Janes, because it very much describes what what it was like before Roe v. Wade and. Women's, like you said, Alex, women's health is at risk here. And I think something that's really bothering me is that the word abortion, I think, has such a stigma to it. And everyone imagines one thing, that it's this horrible, um, invasive, violent act that takes place, when in reality, yes, that, that is something that does happen, especially when there wasn't Roe v. Wade, but the most effective and most commonly used form of abortion is a pill a pill that you take and the word i think has such a bad connotation and bad stigma in our society it it just it means to abort to take out of to remove and it's it's a
1: medically appropriate procedure for so many women that need it it's medically necessary and people it comes down to people are just not educated on the topic they think about yeah. okay a woman had sex via her own free will, got pregnant, and just decides she doesn't want it. That's not why it's u- most no. of the time. The woman is desperate. No. The woman is and- raped. The woman is has some sort of illness where she can't t- you know carry the baby to term. And we're going to get into all of the medical reasons why it's necessary at the end of yes. this, but. There are so many other reasons. And so I really challenge people to read about the talk to a healthcare professional, talk to a doctor about why it is medically necessary. And, you know, the moral issue is tricky because So I grew up Catholic. I went to a Catholic school. Um, I'm also from Missouri, which is one of the strictest states with um, abortion bans right this very minute. And I don't think abortion is a great. Thing. I think it's a desperate last resort choice. And that's why the wording yes. isn't pro-abortion, it's pro-choice. And yes. I think that everyone who is pro-choice, like myself, is pro-life. I have, of course, pro-life, but I'm also pro-choice because it's a woman's right to choose and this decision should only be made between a woman and her doctor. And 61% of Americans think that it should be legal, 61%. So our system is incredibly broken, because 61% of Americans want this to be, to be legal. And this decision is made by a very, very small group of extreme Christians. And I'm sorry to burst everyone's bubble, but we are not living in a Christian nation. We were founded on immigrants. This is supposed to be land of the free. We can practice any religion that we want. This is not freedom of religion. This is religious oppression. I was reading recently yes. in the Jewish faith, abortion is seen as health care. And in the Jewish faith, it's a matriarchal faith, and they take the womb, the mo- it's about the mother's health. First and foremost, it's about the mother's health. If anything is to happen with the fetus to save the mother, they do it. And they don't really think of it as the baby as a life until it can be viable outside the womb, until the woman has the baby.
0: So that's... Well, you know that churches won't baptize a fetus because it's not considered a
1: living thing. Of course, you can't get life insurance for a fetus either because it's not considered. Um, So exactly. It's it's all it's completely hypocritical. It's all about control. It's not about babies. It's not about life at all. So if right now, if a Jewish woman in Missouri would like to get an abortion or needs an abortion, she can't get one, even though it's not against her religion, her religion, her health comes first. So that is completely that is so oppressive. That is so oppressive. And so I, I love The View, okay? And I, I watch it on YouTube sometimes. And one of the hosts, Sunny, uh, she's a lawyer, and she was talking today about how she's extremely Catholic. And she said, I don't believe in abortion even in the case of rape and incest. And I was like, damn, that is Oof. hard to hear. But mm-hmm. then the, you know what the next sentence out of her mouth was? She said, but I, those are my beliefs. How could I ever impose them on another human being? that's what i believe for myself how could i i would never impose my religious beliefs on mm-hmm. someone else and i would hope they would not do the same to me and i thought wow why can we please hear more of this yes yes
0: exactly if you don't want an abortion then don't have an abortion if if that's something that you don't want to choose don't you don't don't you go and do that the choice needs to be there because i mean this is we're we're just throwing clichés out like it's everything but we're not banning abortions we're banning safe abortions P- women are going to figure it out because it's a last nobody wants to get one nobody's like oh my gosh great let me go do this like it's something that you you have to do because it's your last choice it's your last option. you know
1: and that's not just a fun saying or a meme you don't ban no. abortions you ban safe abortion abortions. there's hard research there there's evidence there Women yes. die getting unsafe abortions. That's what happens. Women die, yes,
0: and if I may, and we might end up cutting this out of the podcast because we've I, i'm just I have to share something why i'm why I'm extra upset personally for myself um the shame and the stigma around abortion and sex, and I'm using air quotes right now, inappropriate sex it has to stop. It has to stop. It is something I've been working on in therapy for years the shame surrounding sex and why it is bad and if you get pregnant you will get sick and you will die and that's actually gonna happen now and there is absolutely zero consequence for the man who is responsible for getting you pregnant and i'm just i'm so upset because when i was i was i've talked about it before i was groomed as a 14 year old by an older man and This was a man who told me that he refused to use protection, absolutely refused. Um, He also told me that it was my responsibility to be on birth control and that if I took it wrong, that was my fault and there was no reason that I should ever get pregnant if I was taking it correctly. So if I didn't take it correctly, that was my issue. Um, When I asked what happens if I get pregnant, he said, that is not my problem. That is your problem. I want nothing to do with it i ran out of health insurance one month when i was in college and had to pay out of pocket for birth control which was $350 i called him in a absolute panic saying i don't have $350 will you will you at least split this with me and he said this is not my concern this is not my problem i don't i don't owe you anything this if i would have been gotten pregnant by the man who groomed me who was 20 years my senior i was 14 guys when he started this when you met 18, him he, when I met you him, I was 14.
1: And he slowly started grooming you when you were under 18, is what yes. happened. It Yes. And a when lot I turned years.
0: 18, he made, he, he proceeded to pursue me. Now, in the back of my mind, I always knew if I get pregnant, I can get, I'm going to get an abortion. I just, that was the thing. I, I just was going to. And I'm sorry, but if I would have gotten pregnant by my, my predator, my groomer, I would not have He was a that, literal maybe. predator. He yes. was 20
1: years older than you and a predator who preyed on you when you were a child.
0: Yes. So uh, that is my personal stance on it. I I thank the heavens above or whoever was watching out for me that I didn't get pregnant and I did not have to make that decision. But I will tell you right now, I would have made that decision without hesitation had that had that happened to me because I would have been in a position where no one would have
1: had No one would have had a positive experience No, by that. Tina, I I actually didn't know he said those things to you in plain words. I've heard a lot about this, but, like, that is so fucked up. And I'm so sorry. It's just beyond.
0: I just know that I'm not the only one out there that has experienced things like this, and that's what makes me so upset. And that there is so much shame around sex and around sexual health. Mm -hmm. And... Yeah, I could go even more into it, but that's I that is what's you making know, me just sick. And these this days. is what
1: I want everyone to think about. And women who are listening if you're on the coast and you're thinking this isn't going to affect you, I really want to challenge you to start reading, start reading about what what the Supreme Court can do, how they can do it, start learning about what women in Texas and Missouri are going through because what is next? What is next right. to anyone who told me to calm down in 2016? This was my deepest fear. Right now, what is happening was my deepest fear. And here it is. It is happening right now. So what is next? Is it going to be birth control, contraceptives, gay marriage? Like, please don't like don't be naive. Don't think about what's next. Anything is up for grabs right now. It's really, really hard. It's really brutal. And this might sound harsh, but if you're not nervous about it, I think you need to read more. I think you need to read the the news. I think you need to to look into it a little bit more. Agreed. The other thing is, there's been a lot of talk about the Constitution in regard to gun laws. And our Constitution also states separation of church and state. So... We're losing that right now. Mm -hmm. That's in our Constitution. If you're a person who says, you know, this is in the Constitution, well, so is separation of church and state.
0: And it wasn't that long ago that women were added into the Constitution to be able to vote. That was- It was not that long ago. Not that long ago.
1: The other thing is women are gonna suffer and mostly women who cannot afford airfare, paying out of pocket, hotel fare, and the procedure and childcare to go out of state to do this. So who are those women? You know what I mean? Wealthy women who can just put it on a credit card and hop on a plane are going to mm-hmm. be fine. But it's really going to affect the most vulnerable people in our country.
0: Yeah. And I know as a as a college, I mean, fortunately for myself, I've, I have amazing family. And I have amazing an amazing support system. At the time when I was in college in a compromised position, I didn't, I really had separated myself from the support system and I would have done crazy shit. I would have done crazy shit to, to protect myself. I would have, I would have hitchhiked. I would have done whatever it would have taken to protect myself. And I know, I know that feeling and I know that other women would do the same. And it's just, we have to make it accessible and safe
1: You know, and I also think it's, people are in shock right now and not really understanding what this means because we've never been alive when it wasn't legal. No. It's all been a story to us. It's been a history lesson. It's been, oh, the 1960s. Well, now it's now. Mm -hmm. You know, it's now. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you know Tina and I, you know that we love therapy. We honestly don't even know how we would have gotten through the last two years without our weekly therapy sessions. BetterHelp offers easy, affordable, and convenient access to therapy. First of all, you don't even have to do any of the research, which can be the hardest part, because they do that work for you. They will literally match you with a therapist in under 48 hours. Second, you don't even have to leave your home because BetterHelp offers video, phone, and live chat sessions. Honestly, it's always a good time to invest in yourself and in your mental health, so give it a try and see for yourself why over 2 million people have used BetterHelp online therapy. We have a special offer just for our obsessed listeners. For 10% off your first month of professional virtual therapy, go to betterhelp.com slash obsessed. That's better slash obsessed. Thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring this podcast. We are sponsored by Ombre Lab. Are you struggling with bloating, moodiness,
0: constipation, or weight gain, and you just can't figure out why? Well, the answer could literally be in your gut. Your gut contains trillions of bacteria, both good and bad. And when your body doesn't have enough of the good bacteria, the bad bacteria flourishes. When this happens, it can cause all kinds of symptoms. Ombre Labs makes it really easy to check on your gut health by offering an at-home test that can measure your bacteria levels. The test will ship right to your door with easy follow instructions, and then when you get your results, they'll give you a detailed breakdown of your gut bacteria, let you know what foods to eat more or less of, plus you can get personalized probiotics to heal your gut with a subscription. I've done the test myself, and personally, it was the easiest thing ever. No doctor's appointments, no scheduling when you can get to the office. They send everything right to you, and then you just pop it back into the mail, and you get your results. So if you want to start feeling better, visit tryombre.com obsessed to get $30, Off of your test. That's T-R-Y-O-M-B-R-E dot com slash obsessed for thirty dollars off. Thank you to Ombre Labs for sponsoring this podcast.
1: So we all know people who have gotten abortions. And you even if you don't know they have, I'm sure they have. We all know someone who has had an abortion and who has needed that service in their life, yes. whether emotionally or medically. So we're going to talk to someone right now to guide us through all of the reasons why abortion care is absolutely necessary. Her name is Maddie, and she's a nurse practitioner who studied in Missouri but now practices on the East Coast. Because this is such a hot button issue, we are going to interview her anonymously, so we won't be using her last name. So if you're a close personal friend of mine, um, please don't tag her and please welcome Maddie. Okay, so Maddie, first of all, thank you so much for talking with us.
2: Thank you for having me.
1: So our first question is, so why is abortion absolutely medically necessary in some cases? So. I've read that it could be necessary for septic uterus, miscarriage, and an ectopic pregnancy, but what are the other instances?
2: Yeah, those are all reasons why you may need to have an abortion. Um, other reasons are for women who have underlying health issues like kidney or heart disease, and the pregnancy just physiologically may significantly worsen those issues and pose a threat to the woman's health, so it's just safer to terminate the pregnancy. Um, things like infection, um, preeclampsia, which is uh, when the woman has high blood pressure, all of those things can be reasons why we want to terminate the pregnancy.
1: I also just was looking at a tweet who was saying, like, okay, a woman here just got diagnosed with cancer and said she can't be treated until she terminates the pregnancy, but they can't do that in this state. So she has to go to another state.
2: Yeah. So a lot of the cancer treatments are not safe for pregnancy. So the the options for treatment would be significantly limited if we were to continue the pregnancy.
0: So Maddie, I've been hearing the term ectopic pregnancy. I was not familiar with what that was um, until recently. Can you explain to us what is an ectopic pregnancy and why is it so dangerous? Yeah,
2: absolutely. So an ectopic pregnancy is just a pregnancy that's not inside of the uterus. It's in the wrong place. And most commonly, this is going to be in the fallopian tube, one of the fallopian tubes, and it's called a tubal pregnancy. If the pregnancy is not in the uterus, as it develops, it's going to potentially cause an issue to the structure that it's growing into. So if it's in the tube, the tube's a lot smaller than the uterus. So as it grows, it can actually rupture the tube, um, which can cause issues later on if the woman tries to become pregnant again, um, because the tube is how the ovary gets to, the egg gets to the... Um, uterus. And also it can cause significant bleeding.
1: And it's an emergency, correct? Like when someone comes in?
2: Totally an emergency. Exactly. So if someone calls, I do telehealth. So if someone calls in and is reporting symptoms of an ectopic pregnancy, we don't bring them into the office. We don't send them to an urgent care. We send them to the emergency room.
0: Wow. So it's it's not viable. There's no miracle that happens where a baby can grow in a fallopian tube or somewhere that's other than the uterus. Nope. Absolutely not. It needs to be in the uterus.
1: I've also been reading why sometimes women will need abortion care after a miscarriage. And a lot of people's perception of a miscarriage is, okay, the uterus kind of ejects the fetus, like it's gone. Can you explain why you would need abortion care when you miscarry?
2: Yeah. So ideally that's what happens, right? The, the pregnancy doesn't continue and the body just kind of takes care of it naturally. Um, But that doesn't always happen and it doesn't always happen in a timely manner. And the longer that the products of conception, that's what we call them, um, the longer that they stay inside and there's not this normal developing fetus, um, your risk for infection goes up. So if it's been identified that the pregnancy is not going, it's not progressing, there's not normal fetal development, um, you have a couple of options you can wait and see um, if the body will just expel it, or you can have a surgical procedure called the DNC and have the surgeon remove it, or you can take a, the same medications that you would use for an abortion to um, expel the pregnancy. Because really, what it does is just kind of stimulate the uterine to contract, the uterus to contract um, and and move things along.
1: Right. And I also have a friend who her they she had to take the abortion pill during her labor to start yep. contractions. Mm-hmm. And she was like, if that wasn't on hand, I would have been in a bad spot. The other thing I don't people realize, and I really didn't realize this until a few years ago, is how common miscarrying is and how common ectopic pregnancies are. I was telling Tina before my mom had me, she dealt with both of those situations. Mm-hmm. But like these things are very common.
2: Yep. And when I I had a miscarriage before I had my first and my um, my body wasn't doing anything about it, I didn't even know that I had a miscarriage. I just went for my normal scan and they said that there was no longer a heartbeat. Um, And so I had I had those three choices. I could have have a surgery. I could wait and see what happens. I could take the pills. And I elected to have the surgery because I was really worried that my body would start to naturally pass it while I was on the subway or. Um, at work, seeing a patient, and you oh just, my god, <sighs> the timing of it was made me a little uncomfortable. So it was great that I had the choice to have it surgically removed. The problem was that even that didn't really take care of everything, and I ended up needing to take the pills as well. Um, so it's it's not always a, a seamless process.
1: So you literally needed both. You needed both the surgical. Yep,
2: I needed both.
1: Right. And you are young, healthy, but like, this is a thing that happened.
2: Yeah. And actually when I was induced with my, my first George, um, I, they gave me side attacks. They gave me a medication like your friend had to start the induction.
0: See, and if people didn't hear the word abortion attached to it, I don't think they, they just go, Oh yes, this helped me induce labor. And Mm -hmm. I think there's such a kind of like the abortion has become this dirty word and it's, it's not, um, Maddie, you mentioned DNC. What exactly is a DNC? Yeah, so
2: it's a surgical procedure um, where they, the D part is dilation. They dilate the cervix, which is how we get to the uterus. And they use a little tool called a curette to kind of like scrape or remove the tissue, um, the products of conception. And um, that's how they kind of end the pregnancy Uh, But they also use that same procedure for miscarriage management. They use that procedure to diagnose issues with the uterus, like um, fibroids. They can also use it as part of a fertility workup to make sure that the lining of the uterus is healthy enough to maintain a pregnancy. So when you hear DNC, it's not always referring to an abortion. It can be a lot of different things.
0: That is so good to hear because I feel like um, the... (sighs) Abortion has gotten a bad reputation because I think that's the immediate thing that people go to is that it's the super invasive, violent procedure that happens when it, that's not actually the case. And it's also used for no. other things.
2: Yeah. It, like I said, it can be used as a therapeutic um, option. It can be used as a part of a diagnostic workup. Um, when I had a DNC, it's obviously now on my medical chart, and I even had like, a oh, wait, does that look? Does so that look strange? Is someone going to assume I've, I've had an abortion? Not that there's anything wrong with that, but I feel like we need I've only ever heard that outside of the medical field in 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 talking about abortions. And I think we should talk more about it as it's all of these things. So we um we need to just have people become more familiar with it.
1: Right. And people think it's one way. Oh, it's killing your baby. Okay, but there's also medically necessary reasons where, like you said, the pregnancy is not viable and it's Mm -hmm. not going to be. And then we have to take care of the mom. Right. So people are really worried in these conservative states about delays in care for emergency situations, because if you're a doctor in Missouri which we are both from, you could be facing legal charges, losing your license, um, fines if you do something wrong. And so there might have to be time where you're consulting with the legal team, talking to a lawyer. So why, can a delay, why is a delay in emergent care so dangerous?
2: So what I want to say is that in um, and, and these situations, it's often gray until it's too late. So it may not be clear that it's 100% necessary for women to have an abortion um, until there's an irreversible complication. So for situations where the woman's health could be at risk if the pregnancy continues, like a severe preeclampsia early in pregnancy, I think an abortion should be discussed before the situation becomes emergent. So if these situations are anticipated, it should be something that the, the woman's counseled on as an option. And if you're in a state where abortions are illegal, except if medically necessary, my fear is that the healthcare provider is not going to even touch that subject until it's too late. They're not going to have these conversations with the woman early enough.
1: That is so right. these are scary. The tiny, yes, the tiny, tiny nuances here of how this trickles down and the domino effect is wild. It's just going to have such an impact.
0: Mm-hmm. One of Well, one of the arguments, you kind of started talking about this, one of the arguments that we've been seeing is, you know, well, if you can't get an abortion where you live, then just go travel to another state. What are your thoughts on this? And is that actually a workable option?
2: I don't think it's workable. I don't think it's scalable. And I think the, the most obvious barrier to this is the financial, the cost of having to travel, the cost of having to get a hotel, the cost of the actual procedure. And also, it also would be very difficult to make it discreet. Like, unless you don't have anyone that would be wondering why you're suddenly traveling, um, you may have to come up with a story. You may have to come off. You may have to take some time off work. If you have other children finding childcare, um, for women that are in situations of domestic abuse, it's obviously going to be tricky for them to get to an out of town clinic um, and away from their partner for that amount of time. Um, it's also probably very isolating to have to travel for, for a procedure like this and not potentially be able to take anyone with you, um, to kind of have to go through that alone. Um, and, in my situation where I had the miscarriage, there was a lot of follow-up involved. And if there's follow-up required to an abortion, they're either going to have to stay in that state for that period of time, which for me, it was, it was weeks. It was like six weeks of follow-up or they're going to have to figure out how to travel back and forth or try to follow up in their home state. Um, And if abortions aren't legal in their home state, then the providers there may not feel comfortable dealing with a complication. They may not know what to look for. The woman may feel, you know, ashamed or fearful to to seek that follow-up care. And for the clinic's in states where it is legal, are they gonna have the capacity? Are there gonna is there gonna be a significant delay in care trying to get an appointment? Are they gonna have enough providers? Is there gonna be enough funding?
1: Right. And you hit on something so important, which is being discreet and we have been talking a lot about how this is really going to end up being such a privacy issue in these in these red states i've been reading a lot about you know the period tracking apps you know deleting those not telling your doctor when your first period was mm-hmm. you know if you miscarry you better document it because how is some what if someone wants to sue you like just all of these things is like how are people this is the most personal thing and the most personal decision and how are people actually going to find out you know like it, right. since it's criminalized like how are people finding out
2: the other thing to think about is if you have this procedure done in another state um and then you come back to your home state and you're seeking regular ob care or regular gynecological care and there's an issue is the woman going to feel comfortable sharing that history with the ob that's in this restrictive state because it's going to then be documented on her health record And if she doesn't, then that could pose a risk to her because her full history isn't known. And there are things that you need to think about. Like sometimes if you have a DNC, it can make it a little bit more challenging to maintain a pregnancy going forward. So that would be something you'd want to share with your OB that you've had this procedure done.
1: I actually, that's something I I didn't even think about until now, because your doctor will ask you, you know, have you, because exactly because it's important to know your history and. Of course, if you're living in Texas or Missouri, you're not going to want to tell your doctor that you're not going to tell anybody.
2: Right, exactly. And if if you're struggling to become pregnant again, um, one of the things they'll ask you is, have you ever been pregnant? And that kind of focuses your infertility workup. So if you're not sharing that, you may be putting yourself um, up for unnecessary procedures and unnecessary testing because the workup for it is oh, I can't, I can't get pregnant. I've never been pregnant versus I can't maintain a pregnancy. It's different. So um, I I foresee a lot of issues with, with having to not being able to get the right care in your home state and not having that, feeling like you can be transparent with your healthcare provider.
0: I mean, for sure. Do you happen to know how many abortions are performed every year?
2: I actually didn't know this. And knowing that we were going to come and talk about this made me look it up. And I'm so glad that I did. I didn't I don't really know what I thought the number was, but it's six, it's a a little over 600,000 for 2019, which is the the most current data that we have. And it's um, voluntarily reported to the CDC. So the count may be, it, it may be a little bit low, but that's like a ballpark. And so that's a huge number of of women that are needing this procedure. And I don't know how many of those are occurring in states where it will continue to be legal, but that's, it's not a small, it's not a small number.
1: No, absolutely not.
0: I have to take a break and talk about how much I love plant people. Plant people makes doctor formulated CBD and mushroom tinctures, gummies, serums, and lotion that will help you optimize your health. Personally, I'm obsessed with the Sleep Drops and the Soothe Restorative Body Balm. The Sleep Drops are a healthier alternative to melatonin to help you relax and fall asleep without feeling drowsy the next day. And the Soothe Balm is my go-to for sore, tired muscles and my secret weapon for dealing with cramps. So for 15% off your first Plant People order, use code OBSESSED at checkout or
1: tap the Plant People link in the show notes for this episode. So as you probably know, two of my biggest passions are clean beauty and supporting female founded brands, which is why when it comes to makeup and skincare, Beauty Counter has been one of my favorite go-to brands for years. Their makeup looks incredible and their skincare really and truly works. Plus, they use non-toxic ingredients and are environmental working group certified. The two beauty products I absolutely can't live without are their vitamin C serum and the Dew Skin Tinted Moisturizer. I use both of these products every single day and I never travel without them. We don't have to be putting toxic chemicals all over our skin anymore because there is a better option. So... If you'd like to shop some clean beauty with Obsessed with the Best, go to beautycounter.com slash obsessed and then enter code cleanforall20 at checkout for 20% off your first purchase. That's beautycounter.com slash obsessed and code cleanforall20 at checkout. Or just scroll down to the show notes for this episode for more details. So you grew up in Missouri you studied medicine in Missouri, and then you moved to the East Coast. So if you're sitting here, could you put yourself in the place of a OB in Missouri? What would they be afraid of? Are they likely to want to stay in Missouri? What are your thoughts as a healthcare professional?
2: I think that medical decision-making is already very difficult and High stress, especially in a profession like obstetrics that has a very high malpractice suit uh, rate. Um, so I think kind of having to interpret the language of these laws, apply them to a real life patient, kind of adds to, to all of that complexity. And I think you're going to see more defensive medicine. I think that that's already a reality in a lot of states uh, where there's a lot more malpractice issues. Like there's there's very litigious. Um, issues there. But I think that I think that we're going to see our my fear is that we're going to see more kind of CYA practicing instead of really what's best for the patient because they're not going to feel like they have Which, that freedom.
1: What is CYA?
2: Cover your ass.
1: Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, is that a medical term? I don't know. I
0: love that. Wow.
1: Oh, my God. Okay, so that's what you mean by defensive medicine. Yes. And Holy. I don't know if, I mean,
2: maybe that is just a provider-specific term, but that is a term that, we, that we'll that we throw around that, you know, sometimes you have to CYA. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, that if you're worried about losing your license that you've worked so hard for and you've, you're worried about facing a lawsuit – then that's going to come into your decision making and it really shouldn't. And I practiced in Missouri and I wasn't in a position where I really had to think about this. But now that I'm practicing on the East Coast where there's so much more, um, there's so much less restrictions for nurse practitioners, like I don't think that I could go back to practicing in Missouri because I think I would be worried about, oh my gosh, is this my scope of practice occur- according to what Missouri says nurse practitioners could do? Um, I think that would be really challenging.
0: I would assume that in medical school, you're getting um, an education in abortion care or um, uh, that kind of treatment. How do you think making abortion illegal in certain states is going to affect medical students that are currently in school right now and their studies and their education?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. So I was looking into this as well, and the Association of American Medical Colleges already wrote an article expressing the concern that this will affect how abortion care is taught in medical schools because about half of OBGYN residency programs are located in states that are likely to criminalize criminalize abortions um, and they their concern is that it's going to limit the um, you know the education but also the training opportunities so the when this when they actually need to do this for life-saving reasons it's going to be less safe because they've had less training less opportunities to see how this how it how it happens
1: it's so scary it's so scary because think about like what that practically means is someone goes to medis- medical school in missouri they come to new york city someone walks in with an ectopic pregnancy or something and they like don't know what to do and they're the one on call that day like right. that's
2: yeah they've never managed yeah they've never managed it
1: absolutely terrifying um okay so we've had two examples gabby bernstein and laura prepon the gal the tall gal from that 70s show, both posted that they actually had to have later term abortions because they found out the baby was not going to make it. And if they carried to term, their life would have been at risk. And they didn't post exactly what, but they just kind of like posted that message. So Mm -hmm. can you tell us what are some medical reasons that that might be necessary to have an abortion later on?
2: Yeah, so we kind of touched on some reasons why mom might be experiencing some issues that make it, make it unsafe for her to continue the pregnancy, but there's also issues that come up for the baby um, that will make the baby, you know, make it unlikely that they're able to, to survive outside of the uterus. Um, and we often don't find this information out until later on in the pregnancy. We have scans um, and checks on babies throughout the pregnancy, but the most detailed one doesn't happen until midway through, until 20 weeks, and that's called an anatomy scan. And if something serious is detected like a significant heart defect that's not compatible with life outside of the uterus, the provider may suggest a termination. And in Missouri, you're not going to have an option. So you'll have to carry that pregnancy forward, deliver the baby and and knowing that it's unlikely that the baby is going to survive. And I cannot even imagine how how hard that would be. Because you know your belly's growing, people are saying, people are noticing, people are saying, oh, congratulations! You're not able to experience that the normal excitement, um, and you're just probably filled with dread for the, the second half of your pregnancy.
0: Traumatizing Another, for everyone. Yeah,
2: i I can't. Yeah, I can't really even imagine. Um, and for a woman with something like uncontrolled diabetes or other kind of health conditions, like maybe an addiction issue. Um, Depending on the severity of that, the baby may develop serious issues, and it may be safer for baby and mom to terminate the pregnancy.
1: It's very, yeah, it's very scary and traumatizing. And honestly, I have gotten, I have already heard from multiple women in Missouri, who are, or who are from Missouri, say, "I'm never moving home," or "I'm not having any more babies in this state." Well, like pra- that, I, that's the conversation
2: the kind of frustrating thing or infuriating thing with Missouri specifically is that their law doesn't, the law specifies that it can only be the only reason for an abortion is if there's a serious physical, it's a physical threat to the mother, not, not a, a psychological threat, like having to carry a baby to term that's not going to survive. So it's basically like, who cares about the mom's mental health? It's only if, She's actually going to die. That we will consider a termination as acceptable.
1: Right. You have to be about to die you have to be at risk of losing your life to. And then mm-hmm. they'll consider it, but also make sure you can prove it in
0: court. Yeah. So. Right. Right. Oh my God! Yeah. So you have to CYA. Yeah. <laughs> That's my new favorite. That's my new favorite Glad, glad that I came on to teach you. Seriously, that. CYA. It's what everyone's <laughs> doing these days. Um. We discussed a little bit earlier about the assumption that every abortion is a DNC, where it's, it's right. in the doctor's office, it's, you know, happening.
2: This violent procedure, this murderous procedure. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Something I, we've recently discovered is SMA, self-managed abortion. Can you tell us about this? What do you know about this? What does it mean?
2: Yeah. I want to say one more thing about the DNC procedure. Sometimes it's not – they don't use – there's not really, like, the scraping part. Sometimes they can just use, like, a little suction, um, which is even more gentle. And it's an outpatient procedure. It's, it's relatively quick. Um, you go home the same day. You rest. It's, you know, it's really it's – a, it's a lot, but it's not like they're cutting your stomach open or anything like that. It's, so it's, it's not
0: like the scene that we see in Dirty Dancing where – Right. Yes.
1: Well, she had an uh, she had an illegal abortion that with unsterilized instruments, which is why she got an infection. So right. that yes. you know, on the table now. So.
2: Um, okay. So, a self-managed abortion. This is actually kind of new. Um, it's an abortion through two different medications, um which that part isn't new, but what's unique about it is that you don't have to go in person to a doctor's office and have any testing performed you actually administer the, uh, the medications yourself at home. Typically with a medication abortion, we're having the patients confirm the pregnancy with a blood test. We do an ultrasound to make sure the is in the uterus um, and, and not an ectopic pregnancy. But what we started seeing with COVID was an interest or more of an interest in no touch or self-managed, no tests, there's a few different names for them. Types of abortions and it kind of eliminates that step of needing to come into the office for care. um And the research has shown that in a lot of cases it's safe to do this. And there are a few different telehealth companies providing this care. I can't think of the, there's, is it Hey June? Hey Jane, Jane. hey Jane Jane. We love
0: that. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I think. I have to double check, but I think that they they do offer this. There's also another company, and I'm going to link it in the episode notes. I can't think of it. I just saw it today. They ship um, internationally. So okay. it's, um, they can ship to any state in the United States, all 50 states. Um, and because it's international, it's not illegal. I'm, I'm going to look more into that. and I'm going to link more information yeah. about that. But those resources resources are available.
2: So... The self-managed abortion is a great option, but there are some reasons why it may not be appropriate for everybody. Like if you're high risk for an ectopic pregnancy, or if you're not really sure when your last period was, like you have a regular period, so you don't know how far along you are. Um, but you, it doesn't mean you can't have a medication abortion. It just means that you can't do it yourself at home. It You probably need some additional testing and monitoring. So it's a really nice option. It's a really... A really great option, and what's nice too is that it may not you may may not need to go through like an OB or like a Planned Parenthood. Some primary care groups are offering this; it's within their scope. So you could maybe go to your just typical doctor.
0: Do you know what qualifies as a candidate for an SMA through telehealth? Do you have to provide a pregnancy test, or what is required?
2: So I think it probably depends on on who you're getting it from. With my group, there is a long um, list of things that like there's an exhaustive list that we'll go through with the patient. um, And I could get that for you. Don't have it handy now. Um, But it's typically someone will call in for options counseling and and say that they have an unintended pregnancy. um, And then we talk about this as an offering. And then we book them. Um, for a remote visit. So like a a telehealth call with a provider that offers a service and they kind of go through a checklist of things to make sure it's safe. And you would always have the option of coming in, but this is really just um, if you prefer to do it at home.
1: I mean, a silver lining of COVID is the telehealth thing. It's it's pretty locked and loaded. Mm -hmm. Um, So Tina and I just learned that an insane thing about Plan B that I literally did not know my entire life until this year, Tina, when you told me that plan B is not very effective on women who are over 155 pounds. Tina and I are both under 155. Over. Or over well 155 over. Pounds. Well over
0: 155. Like, yes.
1: Y- most women, a lot of women are. I'm like, you literally, we're both 5'9". Yeah. You just tall women. It's like, and, and if, I'm like, if we didn't know this, a lot of people don't know it.
2: Yeah. I, there are, there are a few different options. And I think because plan B was the first, that's kind of like what has stuck. And that's also the only one that's over the counter. So I think that's, that's okay. Okay. Probably also just did really great advertising. Um, but yeah, it's the old school option. It's, it's the least effective of the main ones. It's 89% effective and you have to use it within 72 hours. Um, and, you're right. There is kind of a cutoff for efficacy for weight. It's up to a BMI of up to 26. So you can't, um, and I think it might be the weight, maybe 155, like you said, or 165. I can't remember, but yes, it's, there's a, there's a weight cutoff and a BMI cutoff. Um, but the, the better option, the option that we most typically prescribe, um, it's prescription. So you can't take it over the counter, but, um, it works for up to 120. 120 hours, which is a much longer time period, which is great. Um, especially like if you're traveling or you just, you know, it's the weekend or something and it's difficult to get to get to a doctor, or get to a pharmacy. Um, it's also more effective. It's 94 percent effective and it works for uh BMI up to 35.
1: It's called Ella. Ella.
2: Right?
0: Yep. I've only mm-hmm. just okay. learned I mean, why are we not blasting this in sexual education classes? Like, hello, we have options, we have options. Um and just to uh, reiterate and to be clear, the pill used for abortions, there is no weight limit for e- e- efficacy, no. correct? No. Works on any weight. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Okay. Alex actually just told me about um, another- Well, because Maddie- Oh, because Maddie- told... <laughs> Okay. Okay. So Maddie, you can tell all of our listeners, um, I had no idea this was an option that the copper IUD can also mm-hmm. work- as an emergency contraceptive, can you tell us how yeah. and, and how we would do that?
2: Yeah. It's the most effective, um, up to 99% effective, and you still have the same 120 hours. And you can actually just leave it in. You can leave it in for 12 years, and that can be your form of contraception um, after it's inserted. It's, uh, it's a great option. It's a great option. The only thing is that you have to have an appointment for it. So if if it's not difficult, if it's not easy for you to get in to see somebody, that would be the barrier. But otherwise, yeah, it's the copper IUD, Paragard.
1: Oh, I think people are going to be running to get the IUD put in and also getting stocking up on emergency contraceptives.
2: Yeah, I feel like all of these things people should be
0: more aware of.
1: So yeah, good to know. For sure. I also, people are, I've been hearing people being nervous about IVF now. Do you, what's the correlation there?
2: So with IVF, there's a, there's a bunch of different things, but the main thing is that with IVF, sometimes they'll put in or oftentimes they'll put in more than one um, embryo and just like hope that one takes. But if they, if all of them take, like if all three take that they put in and you're not ready for triplets, you're kind of stuck. Whereas they may decide to terminate, you know, two of the three or if one looks good, but one doesn't look good, and the one that's not looking so healthy may decrease the likelihood of the other one surviving, then sometimes they'll offer to terminate just the one.
1: And now that might not be an option. And yep. so people will be nervous. So instead IVF. of even getting one, you get none.
2: Right. Or or you'll get one. And if that one doesn't survive, then you'll have to go through the whole cycle, IVF cycle Ugh. again. The other Which is thing- not
1: covered by insurance.
2: No, and it's super expensive, super invasive, and and really physically and mentally draining. And the other thing is in time, like more months are passing, right? Um, the other thing with IVF is they are create they're fertilizing the eggs outside of the body, and they they typically only use the ones that are the healthiest um, and that look like they'll do the best. So with the other fertilized eggs that they're not using, is that considered an abortion like i think that the waters are murky there
1: right it's so murky and you always oh, say geez. this to me that medicine is great it's a bunch of gray area and just when you think one thing is true it's all it's not true the next day like mm-hmm. it's not like one sentence in a legal document does not apply to human beings and does not mm-hmm. apply to medicine
2: yeah it's very rarely do we get something that's super straightforward. Um, and super, you know, by the book. And I think more often than not, we're seeing, you know, we're seeing these things. We're seeing cases where um, we just have to go with what our best, our best instinct is, and through, you know, shared decision making with the patient. And I think in restrictive states, you're gonna, you're gonna kind of lose that because it's the, there's gonna be some CYA. Oh my
1: god! Is there anything else you want to talk about? Get off your chest talk about that you're noticing already in the medical community?
2: I think we've covered a lot. I yeah. I think it's really just, I, I think this has made me realize how, how, how much education that there still needs to happen. Like we need to talk more about emergency contraceptive. We need to talk more about birth control options. We need to talk more about all of the procedures that women can have for all the different reasons and not just, you know, stigmatize a procedure like a dnc or the pills that you can take i think we all need to be familiar with all the types of care that we can receive
0: maddie thank you so much you've you've taken the word abortion and made it a much more nuanced approachable accessible word for for us and a lot of our listeners and we just can't thank you enough for for being here thank you
1: thank you so much for having me thank you we learned so much so much awesome thank you guys Don't
0: forget to follow,
1: rate, and review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And for more content, make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, Patreon, and give us a follow at Obsessed with the Best Pod on Instagram and TikTok.